but I just like keep it to one spot very hidden so that no one could tell and I would do it like in you know the shower where it was easy and I kept it a secret for a really long time Hi, this is Shoma Sosin, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, and I'm here to inspire you as a teenage kid to overcome any struggle you may be going through, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, anything you're going through. I interview people from all around the world who are making an impact in our community, and I interview them on their struggles in life, how they overcame them, and how you can too. Before I continue with this interview, I want you to go in the description, click on the link, and download the seven quick and easy ways to feel better about yourself. If you're in a funk, if you're feeling down, you don't know what to do, I've compiled these tips based off of my experiences and people's experiences I've interviewed for this podcast. If you know someone else, one of your classmates, one of your best friends, one of your family members who are in a funk, They can't seem to get out of it. The Teenage Impact is the best podcast out there to inspire them to overcome anything they want to so they can make an impact in our community. Today's interview is Naya Jones. Naya Jones is an 18-year-old girl who is making an impact in our mental health community. She had her own fair share share of struggles, anxiety, depression, self-harm. And soon enough, she ended up in the hospital where she had conversion disorder. She realized later that she can't battle this alone. She got help and slowly she got better and better as the weeks and months progressed. And she wants you to know that if you are battling anxiety, depression, self-harm, that you shouldn't battle this alone. Today's interview is about on how to overcome anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, and Naya provides you with powerful, powerful techniques and viewpoints on how to overcome those struggles. Give it up for Naya Jones. Hi, Naya. Thank, thank you for uh, coming on this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out to me. Uh, this is Naya's first podcast. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, I, I know we were talking about how you struggle with a lot of anxiety and depression and you went through, you, you were admitted in the hospital for conversion disorder, correct? Right. And can you just, for those who don't know what conversion disorder, what is conversion disorder and what was the process like? Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand it. It's basically to put in like simpler terms when your mental health starts to affect your physical health and it can affect you in like a lot of different ways. Um, sometimes it can take your sight or your hearing. Basically, like my anxiety got so bad and I wasn't doing anything to cope with it. I was just bottling it up and I wasn't talking to anyone about it. And I woke up one morning and felt really weak in my legs. And my mom was really scared and I didn't know why, but apparently there's lots of like dangerous diseases that it could have been. Anyways, we went to the doctor. And they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So we just decided to go home and wait it out. But it just kept getting worse to the point where I couldn't walk at all. So within the span of a week, we went to the emergency room four different times because I was pretty much paralyzed from the waist down. I 
didn't have much feeling. I didn't have reflexes. But every time we went to the emergency room, they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So that's another thing with conversion disorder. There, you have symptoms, but all your tests will come back negative. They won't be like there's nothing physically wrong with you. So after my fourth trip to the ER, they decided to admit me to the hospital. Um, they just chalked it up to conversion disorder because none of the tests were coming back positive. And I just basically went through like hours of therapy every day, like physical therapy and occupational therapy. I was really against talk therapy at first, but I got forced through a few sessions of those. And they released me in a week, about a week, because I did get my strength back in my legs. But conversion disorder is really weird. Like everyone heals at a different time. Sometimes it takes a really long time to heal. You don't really know. There's not a lot that we know about conversion disorder. Okay, and what what triggered those symptoms, or you still don't know? All we can, like, we can just think that it was my anxiety and depression, which I didn't know that I had at the time. Uh-huh. I have never been one to show my emotions. I've always been the one with the smile on my face, like the happy kid. I mean, I never cried. And I think I just bottled everything up so tight that it just kind of, my brain was kind of like, nope, you have to deal with this. You had to deal with it. Did someone push you to deal with those uh, situations? Yeah. After I got out of the hospital, my mom, it was, I was diagnosed with anxiety then because I was like having panic attacks and stuff, which were difficult, but I got through them. And then at the doctor's office, I remember her going over symptoms of depression and she's like, do you think you could have depression and I was like no way like I'm always happy and my mom talked to me in the car she's like you know it runs in our family like it goes hand in hand with anxiety and it just took me like forever to admit that I might have depression too but I did and eventually it came out I think I just broke down and my mom signed me up for therapy without telling me so it was rough at first I really did not want to go because talking's not my thing and I don't talk about my feelings at all. I was forced into a couple sessions of that. My mom had to trick me into going to my first session. I thought we were going to the grocery store. So mm-hmm. when we pulled up at the therapist's office, I was not happy. <laughs> but it's good that I went there um, because they recommended me to a psychiatrist where I got on medications. You know, there are a lot of people like you who are not open about mental health. And they're too afraid to say, hey, I have anxiety or I have a depression. It's good that you're going at such a young age versus those problems being built up for so long. You know, when I was 18, just like you, I always put that smile on my face. But people didn't really know what was going on inside of me. And then later on in life, 10 years later, I had to unwire those long thoughts that have been going in my head for 15, 20 years. Um, What would you tell teenagers who are also like you that don't really want to open up? I would say the moment you open up and admit to someone how you're feeling, it gets better. Because if, (laughs) if I never broke down to my mom, I would still just be crying by myself in my room. You're not a burden for talking about how you feel and getting help for it. It's okay to put yourself first. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, 
what would you tell people who say, hey, you know, open up will make me sound weak? I think you're stronger for opening up about something because you're strong enough to face that battle and fight it and work on yourself and heal yourself. It's the hardest thing ever to wake up every day and get out of bed and like go about your day if you have depression. So if you take the initiative to actually get yourself better, I think that's the bravest thing you can do. You know, what really helps for me is sometimes, you know, I've had those moments where I really don't feel like getting out of bed. I create morning and night rituals. So morning rituals, I get up just slightly early. And what I do is I do push-ups or I go for a walk or I go for a run. And then I start journaling for a few minutes, write down my thoughts, and then just kind of sit down for a few minutes. I mean, that's my rituals. Everyone has their own. I know for people who can't really get out of bed to keep them going, you got to find something. Right. Sorry, my cat walked into my room. Let me just close the door. (laughs) You can bring the cat over. Okay. (laughs) She's kind of talkative. I'll try and keep her quiet. Yeah, not a problem. So her cat's in the background in case you hear cat noises. (laughs) Uh, Naya, how did you overcome conversion disorder? Well, I didn't for a while I got I could walk again but I still had some days where I'd wake up and feel weak or I'd be kind of like twitchy it was a weird thing but I noticed that as my mental health got better and as I got help for that I had less days where I was affected by it and sometimes it can come back like if I'm having a bad day but that's just what it is it's a weird disorder uh-huh what was that transition where it went from hey, I really don't want to wake up or this is really affecting my life to now is significantly reduced. With conversion disorder or depression? Okay, well, it started, I I would walk to school. Like right after I got back from the hospital, I still couldn't walk normally because I had to completely relearn how to walk. And I just remember like all the stairs I got in school. I had to take the elevator instead of the stairs. Um, so that was like a slow healing process. And then some of the days where I'd like wake up twitching or like my legs would feel weak, they just became less and less as I started to like deal, get coping mechanisms to deal with this and get help from different people, get on medication and open up about it. You also mentioned to me, you know, before this podcast, you've done self-harm. What were some of those methods? I used the blade from a pencil sharpener. Um, and this ha- I actually started after I was in the hospital because I realized, or no, actually I started before I was in the hospital. But I just like keep it to one spot, very hidden, so that no one could tell. And I would do it like in, you know, the shower where it was easy. And I kept it a secret for a really long time. And I saw a TikTok video on that where it's been about like 10 months. Yeah, it's actually, I, I um, had a typo on that one. It's been a year and 10 months. A year and 10 months. Okay. Yes. What made you overcome it and tell yourself saying, hey, like, this is not good. I need to get help. Or was that conversion disorder? Did that kind of tie into everything? Yeah, conversion. When I was in the hospital, that was kind of the breaking point. 
Okay. Because my parents started asking me about my mental health. Before then, I could just kind of blend in and like dismiss it. But one night, my mom asked me if I was self harming, and I couldn't even get an answer out because I was crying too hard. So she just kind of assumed. I just, she would ask to like, she would check up on me every now and then, and I would just feel really ashamed if I had fresh cuts. I just, it was my parents. They were, they had a, they really supported me, and it was, it was nice to have kind of a rock. And then my mom did all kinds of research on like alternative methods to self harm. And I started using some of those. And eventually I just felt the need to do it less often since it is an addiction. And once you start, it's impossible to just like stop. So I started doing some of the alternative methods and then I just kind of weaned off of it. What caused you to do it? I think I just felt numb because people think depression is all like sadness and yeah. like running mascara and everything. But in reality, I was just laying on my bedroom floor, staring at the ceiling for hours and I couldn't feel anything. So I think like feeling the blade on my skin and like seeing the blood flow, it was a way I could feel pain. Like I could feel something. Gotcha. You know, there's a teen multiple teens because I actually have, I don't know anyone personally, but I do have um, friends that have kids who've you know done self-harm and it's really tough on the parents. What would you tell that teenager, that 15, 16 year old that wants to do self-harm to themselves because they feel numb and they don't know any other way? It, the best alternative is definitely to talk to someone, which is way harder than it sounds. But if you have one person you can go to instead of picking up the blade, it makes a world of a difference. And there are also alternative methods. Like if you really feel the need to rub an ice cube on the spot that you want to, or color with like a pen or on paper, if you can. And I just, I write out my feelings. And then once you just get them out there, it's better. It feels better. Have you used any apps when you write out feelings or do you do journals? I use journals. Um, it's nice to just like hold the pencil yeah. and just even like, if you can't think of anything to write, I just look up like quotes on Pinterest and write them down because mm -hmm. it just, it gets your thoughts all focused on one thing. What would you consider the best kind of therapy that you could do by yourself? By yourself? Definitely writing. Writing. If you can just like channel your thoughts and your feelings and write them down. It's not, there's like a, I feel like a negative connotation with journaling mm -hmm. and like having a diary, but it's so nice. You don't even have to write about like what's going on. If you don't want to, you can just write about made up scenarios and like make a list of things that you love or things that you hate or anything to get your thoughts out. Because once they're out, even onto paper, if you can't talk to somebody, it's, at least they're out of your head. How has journaling positively affected you or helped you? I can go back on where I was in my darkest times. Like when I thought I couldn't make it any farther, I wrote in my journal. And now when I feel myself spiraling down again, I can look back at those, those thoughts that I had written down and be thankful for that, that I'm not there anymore. I just write I write when I'm sad so that I can appreciate when I'm happy.
Oh my God, that is so powerful. I write when I'm sad to think about it when I'm happy. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You also mentioned that you were kind of insecure about not having a boyfriend. Yeah. I was, I had a lot of friends that I thought were prettier than me and were better than me at a lot of things. And so the boys would like ask me for their numbers or like skip me and go straight to them. And I just kind of like felt out of it, like out of the loop, sort of out of the group. And then I, I fell in love with this guy and he ended up breaking my heart multiple times. And so I was just kind of like, wow, no one's ever going to be able to stick with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, what I can say to that is I didn't even have a girlfriend in high school. I used to, I I completely lacked confidence and um, no girls would even see me as attractive, but you know, in college was a completely different story and people change. You, the heartbreaks are um, what actually makes you. You can't see it. You can't see it now, but it's really gonna really shape your next boyfriend or girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a good thing. Heartbreaks are a good thing. It sucks at the moment though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into this transition where you're making this TikTok account. You have over four hundred fifty-five thousand followers. How did yeah. you, how was the beginning? Like, when did you start it? Um, was it for fun? Did you, were you trying to be famous? Or oh, tell us your story about that. <laughs> well, I downloaded it like soon after it came out. It was like four years ago that I downloaded really? it. Four years? Yeah. It's because, oh, if you go back to my old videos, they're very cringy. But all my friends had it and they're like, oh, you should like, get this so I did and I started doing the trends and just like it felt good when someone would follow me so I just posted more and more and then um when it was still musically I got featured a couple of times and I started to like grow this base and then when it transitioned into TikTok and I started I got verified and like I realized that I had like a hundred thousand people following me I decided that people who are struggling with mental health like I did need to feel like they're not alone. Uh-huh. So I really started advocating for mental health after I got better because I use myself as an example a lot in my videos. Like if I could get through it, then you can get through it too. Like it's possible to heal. So I just want them to know that like, you're not the only one who feels this way, but it's not hopeless. Like there's still hope to be found. Mm-hmm. What are your goals with it? I really want to transfer my following off of TikTok onto other social media apps so that I can just like have more of a presence and more of an impact on lives. And I just like, as long as my messages can reach one person who needs them, I feel accomplished. That's amazing. You're doing a good job. <laughs> That's how I find you on yeah. TikTok. And then I'll say, whoa. She's talking about mental health and, you know, we need more people like ourselves to kind of spread this message and really see that, hey, people can be open about the problems they're going through. Right. You know, 
open up is not a strength uh, it's not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength exactly so many people who have depression like they just close off about it and then anyone who talks about it people are like oh wow you just want attention like all that uh-huh. so i feel like there has to be a couple of people who just like are out there I, like i'm an open book with it mm-hmm. and it's i think it's easier for me since i i'm over the worst part of it like i'm i'm going up now on my way up yeah like people can't tell me that i faked it mm-hmm. and you know your parents were very supportive especially your mother how how can people face it when they don't have as supportive parents as you honestly if you go to school a guidance counselor is someone to talk to or your best friend or your best friend's parents, just any adult that you trust, as long as you're getting your feelings out. If you bottle it up, it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I even talk to my cat sometimes. (laughs) I don't know. I I, I don't have a pet, but I can see myself talking to a pet. (laughs) I I I I live by myself, so I talk to myself in the mirror sometimes, and it's kind of creepy, but... (laughs) It works. Just find some some sort of outlet that works for you even art yeah what positive outlets do, do you have besides journaling i paint a lot well not a lot i'm not that good at painting but i like to mm-hmm. so that's all that matters and i i really just like something that actually helped me a lot i'd scroll through pinterest and look at the uplifting quotes on there mm-hmm. or like a poetry book i have some poetry books of like positive things and it helps a lot to boost my mood and sometimes i can call up a friend and just get some ice cream some comfort food watch Mm -hmm. my favorite cartoons it works and even reading a book because just puts you into a whole nother world and you just kind of forget about what you're struggling with what type of books you like harry potter's my favorite Mm -hmm. um and i'm also a sucker for romance novels Mm -hmm. because i'm basic but they're good (laughs) Hey, everyone has their own thing. (laughs) And do you have any last tips for people that are facing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts? I've said it before, but the moment you open up about it, it really does get better. Mm -hmm. Because, like, when you're depressed, your brain's not working right. It's playing tricks on you, and it's telling you that no one would miss you or, like, you'd be better off dead, but... Suicide does not end the pain. It just makes others hurt more. Like, I've had someone close to me commit suicide, and it's two years later, and I'm still, like, hurting over it. It doesn't – it's not a solution. And it really does get better. It doesn't seem like it when you're at your lowest, but it can. There's still light. And be very understanding of people who are facing it because – I remember when I didn't really know what anxiety and depression was and people used to, you know, people used to open up to me because I used to listen to it and I never fully grasped it until later on when I actually faced it myself. Right. If people open up to you, if someone trusts you enough to open up to you about their problems, don't dismiss them. Don't Mm -hmm. tell them like, oh, it's okay. Other people have it worse. Or like, even if you don't know what to say, just be there to listen to them Mm -hmm. because checking on people makes 
so much more of a difference than you can even like imagine because you never know like everyone's fighting their own invisible battles so if you're just a jerk to everyone it could make it hard you could be pushing someone closer to the edge and not mm-hmm. even know it absolutely naya when naya where can people find you well on tiktok my username is naya jones with an underscore after it that's spelled n-y-a-h jones with an underscore that's also my instagram and my twitter is naya jones with two s's instead like an s instead of the underscore Mm -hmm. i also will include it in the description of the podcast of you know you don't know how to spell it it's going to be in the description and for my subscribers or people who are tuning in for the first time you can follow my instagram handle at shlomo solson go ahead follow me dm me um to be in my close friends group i actually have certain have a lot of teenagers who are dming me about being a close friends group i have exclusive content that I have learned over the years or maybe they're out of the 22 interviews that I have done of people who are struggling with mental health or overcame some kind of struggle i compile those tips and just give exclusive content for people who are my close friends group so definitely dm me okay naya i really do appreciate this and i really wish you the best of luck thanks for letting me share my story that was fun i like podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I loved interview Nia Jones why because it was such a genuine interview I I feel like the conversation just flowed well it was one of the shorter interviews but even though it was a short interview I feel like it had you know powerful content that any teenager like yourself can use if you're feeling down if you feel like you have depression if you're waking up feeling numb that Nia wants you to know that self harm shouldn't be an option she used self harm by cutting herself because she couldn't feel anything and by um you know cutting herself was a way to feel something was a way to feel pain and at least pain was better than no feeling but she she wants you to know that self harm is not an option that if you're battling something go ahead be open about your mental health struggles your parents maybe your siblings your best friends your guidance counselor whoever it may be whoever is supportive enough to listen to you and try to help you overcome these struggles remember um, you know being open is not a sign of weakness it is a sign of strength and the more open you are about it the the higher chances you have to overcome these struggles and if you're ever feeling like you want to harm yourself find some find a positive outlet now i use art as a positive outlet go find you know i mentioned in the interview go have morning and night rituals that kind of helps you start your day in the right path thank you for listening to this interview and if you haven't done so go ahead follow me at shlomo sauce and dm me to join my close friends group and hope you listen to the next interview where i will share the best tips for any teenager like yourself to overcome mental health struggles peace